Welcome to the Venari podcast and the beginning of a whole new series focused solely on interviewing health tech CEOs. Um, I'm joined by Dr. Tatiana Fofanova, who's a co-founder and CEO of Coda Health. And what we want to talk about really was, you know, your experience as a first-time founder, but specifically from a female's perspective. Tell me a little bit more about kind of Coda Health. You know, why did you start Coda Health and, you know, how has that kind of CEO journey been so far? Yeah, well, first of all, it's lovely to see you again, Christian. Um, thank you for having me. So we started Coda Health because of what we saw, honestly, prior to the pandemic, but especially during the pandemic, the clear inequity uh, in those emergency and ICU departments on who did or did not have an advanced care plan or a medical power of attorney document, and therefore who did and did not have access to um, certain treatments and uh, protections of their choices when it came to serious illness care. And so for us, this was really the motivating factor. We started Coda beforehand. Coda is a B2B enterprise company that has a patient-facing web application that navigates these conversations, auto-generates these documents, allows patients to virtually notarize them immediately on the platform and send them to their physicians, their loved ones, really anyone involved in their care, and therefore have more of a control of their healthcare journey. So this was already a problem before the pandemic, and then it became a huge issue during the pandemic. And so in terms of you know our uh startup journey it's been quite a roller coaster. And I suppose like you know being a, a female founder and also with like a, a quite highly diverse team what challenges mm -hmm. and, and opportunities I suppose has this kind of like background afforded you really you know from a female's perspective. Very often I'll get on calls with investors or other founders that are that are male founders in the space and I frequently hear the lamentation of uh, I just can't seem to bring diversity to my team, right? There just aren't enough women engineers out there. There just aren't enough uh, of, of people of color or um, LGBTQ plus folks that are applying to my company. There's not enough in the space. What we have seen is that um, when you have women and, and people of color uh, and, you know, all sorts of diversity in leadership positions, people from those backgrounds gravitate to, the, to those companies. So we have an abundance of applications from people of very, very diverse backgrounds. For us, we serve populations that are um, minoritized, that are low socioeconomic status, right? And to bring a diversity of perspective helps us serve those patients better. Uh, I think there was a BCG report that said that startups that were founded or co-founded by by women generate 10% more revenue than male-funded startups. Um, companies with uh, more women in leadership positions have higher ratings and employee satisfaction. But at the same time, what's wild to me is that despite all of these studies and all of these mm -hmm. metrics and all of these beneficial effects that have allowed us to grow very quickly as an organization and bond well with our patients, diverse companies and female funded startups get a sliver of the funding out there. It's, mm -hmm. it's really pretty wild. Why do you think that is? I think, you know, if you go into the venture capital space, there is a phenomenon called pattern matching. And pattern matching really what it is, is you go out and you identify patterns between successful companies that have had successful exits in the past and what you see now. The problem with pattern matching is that the patterns are historically set. And therefore when history is primarily white male funded companies, yeah. right? 
the sort of, you know, benchmarks and metrics and quote unquote patterns that they're looking for tend to follow a very specific rhythm. How do you think the fundraising and startup environment has changed, particularly for women leaders? Um, there, it's no secret that the current funding environment is, is strained. What that means uh, realistically for, for women founders, uh, black founders, people who are historically underrepresented in uh, the financing scheme or schema is unfortunately a turn to less funding and more conservatism. I believe in the last uh, pitch book report, less than 2% of uh, all venture capital funding went to women-founded teams or solely women-founded teams. And then if you added a single male to that founding team, your chances of closing funding shot up to something like 30 or 40%. It was Absolutely wild, right? So that phenomenon of pattern matching really kicked into high gear because of this, you know, economic downturn, strained financial environment. People are looking to pattern match more than ever before, right? And so that means, unfortunately, a lot of the work that we have done to to drive funding uh, towards these groups that have demonstrated success, you know, in in these studies, mm-hmm. um, has really taken a bit of a pause. Um, the other thing that that I see personally is uh, the rise in the relegation to um, minority funds uh, or you know specialty funds, right? So um, rather than hey, we want you to participate in our central fund, hey, you know we have this smaller pie, this smaller division that we've saved specifically for women founders, for Black founders, for LGBTQ founders, right? Which I, I love in in concept because it, it makes sure that there's a share that's cut out, right? But sometimes in practice, what that means is you have a larger group of people, right? Women make up over 50% of the population mm-hmm. fighting for a much smaller pool of cash and it becomes much more competitive, right? And as a founder, you know, I, I love the idea of, of women supporting women and women mentorship, but I don't want necessarily to be part of the women's fund. I want to be part of the general conversation of the, the general fund. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that can be a little frustrating as well. Do you see the needle shifting on that? A lot of effort is being made, right? Um, there are a lot of louder voices uh, coming into the industry in a lot of I hate to use the word influencers because they're not influencers. They're more like uh, powerful thought leaders that are showing how the difference is, is, is shifting. Right. And I think the, the big thing, the big change has to come from on the funding environment side, uh, VCs and private equity firms bringing women into those leadership positions, into those partner positions. Um, You know, one thing that I, a funny, funny story I always like to tell is there was a, uh, a startup in, in Europe, who uh, was founded by all men and developed a uh, women's feminine hygiene product. <laughs> and it was backed by VCs that were all men. And when it hit the market, all of the women were like, have you ever talked to a woman? This is, no woman would ever use this. This is not even a problem. And they still managed to raise. <laughs> and they still managed to raise millions of dollars, right? Without any women on either side, right? Right either side it was absolutely insane right and if you have women on either side both in the leadership positions at the company and at partner positions at the firm you could avoid spending mm-hmm. millions of dollars on a completely useless product and actually direct the efforts of all of those people to something that 
drives value for customers and for people. What advice would you give to women that are looking to become either a you know CEO or, or a founder? So I would say that the most important moment of my career was when I found a, a true mentor, um, somebody who walked the walk and didn't just talk the talk about, uh, you know, opening up their network and teaching me everything they have to know. For me, that was a, uh, my, my mentor and our mentor at, uh, Texas Medical Center Biodesign, a physician by the name of Dr. Toby Hamilton, serial entrepreneur, incredibly successful. There was a real frame shift for me, for people in terms of differentiating between people who said they wanted to help you and said they were there for the cause and the people that went out of their way to support you. And I think surrounding yourself with the right people, the right mentors is absolutely critical to breaking those historical patterns on which people pattern match, Mm -hmm. right? Um, To having those, that, that access and that network. Um, I would also say that you don't have to lead the way that men lead. You can lean into your natural strengths um, and your empathy and your your consideration if that's if that's the type of person you are um, in order to motivate your team. You don't have to like rely on those traditional ways in order to be successful in business. Um, and then the last and probably most important bit of advice is that you get you're effectively married to your investors, so you should choose incredibly wisely. <laughs> Um, not all money is, is good money, right? It's better to have a smaller check, but a better partner than a bigger check and a pain in your butt. Thank you. Um, you know, Tatiana, it's been, been great to have you on and, you know, I appreciate you know all the insight here and, and, you know, always a pleasure. Yeah. It was lovely talking to you, Christian. Thank you for having me.